Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Pray for the Wicked by Panic at the Disco, released in 2000 unteen... <laughs> 2000 unteen. unteen. Okay, what I meant to say was we were talking about Pray for the Wicked by Panic at the Disco, released in 2018 by Fueled by Ramen and DCD2 Records. And my guest is Ethan. I didn't get the. I knew thinking you should repeat that one more time. No, I didn't absolutely get it. not. <laughs> Ethan, welcome back to the pod. Oh, th- I'm back by popular demand. Listeners huh. may remember you from um, episode three, where you came oh, yeah. and talked about the classic 1969 album Abbey Road by the Beatles. Yep. Your first time on the pod, and one of my first episodes, actually, too. Yeah the the debut from both of us it was a big moment exactly and now you're here 10 episodes later exactly yeah, 10 episodes later exactly and you know what's also funny about what? the number 10 is that our brother nick was on episode 10 one x wow illuminati confirmed illuminati is confirmed and uh today ethan and i are doing what i'm calling an emergency podcast and by emergency podcast i mean uh, i needed somebody to really swoop in last minute both ethan and i happened to be at our family home in oakville and uh, i was like well why not just do a pod it is about uh 11 p.m yeah. on boxing day and we made we figured we would just kind of throw this one in it's an album you and i both like and we have very special connections to so i'm excited to talk to you about yeah. it today unfortunately we just filming couldn't make it in so i'm stepping in for him who we just (laughs) (laughs) shots fired at Regis Philbin who is that um so yeah basically for anybody who maybe didn't listen to episode three Ethan and I are related yes Ethan's my younger brother he's one of my best friends one of my favorite people in the entire world so Ethan thank you for coming back I really appreciate it for having me thank you for being the uh the emergency pod guest that I needed today no problem no problem at all I'm happy to help Good. Good. I'm glad. Panic at the Disco. Yeah, man. That's what we're talking about today. Um, Before we get into some of the specifics surrounding the album and getting into what we're drinking tonight, because as you may already tell, we've had a little bit to drink. Just a little. maybe Just a tad. Maybe a little bit. So, Ethan, before we get into the album in detail, why don't we take a look at answering the question, who is Panic at the Disco? Let's do that. Panic! Exclamation point. At the Disco. Who are they? They are a pop rock emo band from Las Vegas, Nevada. The original lineup comprised of Brendan Urie, Woo! <laughs> Ryan Ross, Spencer Smith, and Brent Wilson. They were signed to DCD2 Records, which is under Filled by Ramen by Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy fame. In, oh, yeah, in I didn't 2004, know that. yes. And they released their first studio album called A Fever You Can't Sweat Out in 2005 to relatively mild reception it didn't blow up or anything there was one song that really blew up well and it's funny you mentioned it ethan because that's when they really started to gain traction in the emo world was when their single started to hit Mm. so i write sins not tragedies was huge and lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off and the band also enjoyed success touring with bands like fall out boy and the academy is in 2005 2006 in 2008 funnily enough they dropped the exclamation point in their name so instead of being panic exclamation point at the disco they were just panic at the disco hmm. interesting they, they went from being panic at the disco <laughs> to just panic, panic at the disco, at the disco. so it was also around this time they released their album pretty odd and then they adopted it once again in 2010 when they released the song new perspective which is a song that you and i both enjoy oh yeah Pray for the Wicked is Panic at the Disco's sixth full-length album, which was released in 2018 after Brendan Urie actually took a year off. He took some time to go on Broadway in Kinky Boots, and he was also writing the entire time before prepping for this album. The singles here are Say Amen, Saturday Night in Parentheses, High Hopes, and Hey Look Ma, I Made It. The album was very well received by critics and fans alike. It went platinum, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, and it was 
it was the 10th best-selling vinyl album of 2018. No way. Which I thought was kind of a cool factoid that I wanted to throw well, in. you know, vinyl is still a thing, people. It is alive and well. It is alive and I'm well. I'm responsible for like 50% of the sales in that <laughs> industry. That's where all my money Damn. goes. You're just controlling the whole economy at this point. Exactly. Damn. So now, Ethan, we know who Panic at the Disco is. The last kind of factor we need before we get into uh, the pod is telling everybody what we're drinking tonight. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking tonight? We're drinking sewage. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I ever let you answer these questions? We're um we're drinking uh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're drinking screwdrivers, people. Screwdrivers. And this was actually your idea. Yeah. I was very impressed with you coming up with this. Uh, you cited some lyrics in one of the uh, songs on the album, which is called One of the Drunks, mm-hmm. where Brendan Urie sings like, share a cup, share a cup. Now you're screw driving. He talks about Grey Goose and Orange Song, Juice. Yeah, adding them all together. So it's, it was pretty explicit reference that I totally missed. So bravo to you for choosing our, the drink of the night. Oh, you know, I, I feel I feel honored that I had this important job and I, I just succeeded you immensely. You just nailed I, it. I screwdrived it. <laughs> you screwdrove it. I screwdrove it, it straight into victory. <laughs> if you also want to screwdrive it into victory and you want to make a <laughs> screwdriver tonight, you only need vodka and you need orange juice. We made single screwdrivers tonight. So we used one shot of vodka and we just topped it all up with orange juice and threw some ice in there. If you want to get fancy, you can add some orange juice slices in there. Mm. Maybe there's other things that you could add. you say orange juice slices? What did I say? Oh, shoot. I meant orange (laughs) slices. (laughs) Okay, so we've got our drink. We've got our backstory. Ethan, I think we're ready to talk about the album. What do you say? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Ethan, can you kind of give me a little bit of history as to how you started listening to Panic! at the Disco in the first place and then how you came to listen to Pray for the Wicked? Yeah, I think the whole, the way I started, I feel like, was just because I know you listened to them a lot, like back in the day, you know, back when I was back still like young. Back in 2005, 2006, yeah. when you would have been how old? I would have been about six years old, maybe, you know? Ethan was a millennial baby. Yeah, I was born True in millennial. 2000, so it's easy to tell what my age is. But no, I remember, maybe it wasn't like... I was in like five or six. Maybe it was like more of when I was like eight or nine. I feel like that's when you would listen to them a lot. And I know that was when I like first heard I Write Sins on Tragedies. And I was like, ooh, nice. <laughs> I guess I was just like an emo at heart. So I, I remember like growing up and I was always like, oh yeah, Panic of the Disco. I like I Write Sins on Tragedies. And then I would listen to like, but it's better if you do. Never I remember. Underst- I remember you watching the "But It's Better If You Do" video all the time. Because the, the, and it's funny because I never understood what it was. You I didn't understand it was. Like I was a strip like, club. "Oh, look, they're in costumes and everything. What are they doing in that guy?" It was but a it, strip club masquerade video. Strip club slash brothel. It looked like it was like a burlesque they, joint. It was like a twenties. Yeah, it was like a twenties burlesque joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like the music videos. I feel like like growing up, so I'd watch them a lot. And then I can't remember. I think it was. I, you know what? I didn't really listen to them that much until 2014. I feel like, and that was when This Is Gospel came out. Right. And that's when because you showed it to me, and I was like, oh, they're still around because I hadn't heard from them in a while, or I just had listened to them in a while. So then I listened to that, and then I started listening to um, Too Rare. Is it Too Too Weird to Live? Too, too Weird to, to Live. Die. Too Rare to Die. Um, and then like Death of a Bachelor and everything. And so that's when I really became a big fan of their music. And then of course, Pray for the Wicked came out and I was like, oh, this is exciting. I'm here for the release of their new album. Like I'm going to listen to You're like, I'm actually ready for it. I'm waiting. I'm fully 
lucid for this experience. I think you missed a very important milestone in your story, which was hearing Nine in the Afternoon on Rock Band. Oh my gosh, yeah, I totally did. You used to play that song so well when we would play Rock Band. I think Nine in the Afternoon was like my favorite song. You knew for all like the a words, but and like that that came out really like when you were really young and you yeah. knew all the words. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I mean, can, can you blame me? It was a great song. Oh, I can't blame you at all. It it's, such a, a, it's a great tune. It's such a bubbly and and fun song very beatles like i mean the video is at least it's totally sergeant pepper the video yeah yeah totally i mean it's funny because i i've always liked panic and i mean like obviously you would have known that because i'm older than you (laughs) (laughs) um but for me because i really liked fallout boy and because they were touring together at the time and pete wentz obviously had signed them he was a big part of like their career path i just kind of listened to the two of them concurrently i would say but i never felt like they were my favorite i kind of knew just like the big singles you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so like i knew nine in the afternoon i knew i write sins not tragedies i knew like ballad of mona lisa and ready to go and all of that but i didn't actually listen to any of their full albums until Too Rare to Live, Too Weird to Die yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came out when I was in university, probably when I was in my, like, I don't know, I want to say second or third year of university. And me yeah. and one of my roommates, um, Claudia, we both loved that album. We listened to it all the time. And the hits here were huge, like Miss Jackson, Girls, Girls, Boys, and This Is Gospel oh, were yeah. all on that album. I think Emperor's New Clothes was maybe on that album. I could be wrong. I think that was Death of a Was bachelor. that Death of a Bachelor? Mm, okay, so I'm wrong about that. But no, still, could be wrong. major hits that were on that one, and they were, like, my jam. And so since that album, so Too Weird to Live, Death of a Bachelor, Pray for the Wicked. Yeah, you got it. You nailed those it. Those are the ones, like, that's kind of like the sequence yeah. of they released them. And since then, I've been following them much more closely. And you and I actually saw them live. Um, I took you there for your 18th birthday. They played yes. on your 18th birthday. We oh had floor seats at Scotiabank Arena. It was one of the greatest nights of our lives. You know what made it, though? When I touched Brendan. Yeah, when he came through the face. crowd. Because there was like a moment where he came out off the stage and we were like, where is he? And then we see him across from us, like across the whole stadium on the ground. And we're like, oh, he's not going to come by us. And he cuts and he in the audience. Right by I'm us. like, oh my god! <laughs> and I literally grabbed him. I reached because you were on the outside, and mm-hmm. you, so we were on like we were right at the end of the aisle. So I reached across Ethan because Brendan was walking right there. Grabbed his jacket and yelled Brendan in his <laughs> face, and he was just like, oh my god, <laughs> security! <laughs> literally. Um, but what I really like about their kind of career trajectory is that they went from being this more niche like emo band. Not even that they were emo per se. I feel like they kind of got lumped in with all the emo bands at the time. But they went from being a band that was relatively small scale to now they're so mainstream and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with this album because it's so many hits like High Hopes which is like on the radio even now like you know a year later Um, and then Brendan Urie did that song with Taylor Taylor Swift Swift. he's got the cover on the Frozen 2 soundtrack now like he's really blown up since then he's finally starting to kind of get the respect and recognition that he deserves because he has such a fantastic voice and he's been the only consistent member well, because all the other members have They've all left. left. They've all they changed dipped. out. Like, it's a totally different lineup yeah. today than what it looked like back when they formed in, you know, 2004, 2005. So he's really maintained the the heart and soul, I think, mm-hmm. of what Panic! at the Disco um, is. And the Pray for the Wicked album, like, I remember hearing it for the first time. Um, and I just, I really liked it. I was like, this is, not that it was necessarily different from anything they'd done before, but it was, it's cool because every album they take, mm-hmm. I think, a new direction. I've heard a lot of people kind of give them flack for um, the what, like, where Panic of the Disco has gone and where it's at now. I know I've heard some people after the Taylor Swift song, they were like, oh, he's a sellout now. And I feel like just because of like the new sound for, of Pray for the Wicked, just how the sound, like the the songs are like in contrast to the previous ones. I feel like people are, they have this idea in their head that he's like, um, he is selling out and he's almost trying to push out more like, just like, like kind of poppy. Bops. Yeah. And like formulaic songs. But 
I don't think so. I don't so. think Pray for the Wicked was formulaic, though. No, I no, I, I don't, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying that it's like it's good that you bring that up because I think it's important to outline how it's like, especially when you get older. I feel like because he started, they started that band when they were young. Like he was 18 when they first released Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Now he's like, how old is he? Do you think he's like almost 30? I think he's over 30. Yeah, over 30. We can yeah, do that math. And that's what like I, <laughs> I don't feel like doing math right now. But that's the thing. It's like when you get older, your songs change because I feel like your artwork is a representation of who you are, and so obviously it's not going to stay the same. So. Uh, you know, it's not really fair to make that like kind compare. of a judgment. Yeah, to compare because it's it's going to change. There's no stopping that. It's oh, going to change. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite jokes I remember seeing back in the day, like on Twitter, and somebody was like, "We need to stop pretending it's hard to use they them pronouns when we do it for Panic at the Disco, and we all know it's just oh, Brendan." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. We all know it's just him. That's I what I was like, about that to say. I'm like, you keep referring to them as them, but it's just him. It's him. It's Panic at the Disco. But like, I was even in you know in prepping for uh, the, the episode today when I was looking at like the songwriting credits on the different songs and it's like vocals brendan yuri guitar brendan yuri bass brendan yuri drums brendan yuri piano brendan yuri like i'm like is there nobody else in this band like, <laughs> he's just atlas just holding the <laughs> world holding up the he's world like please <laughs> somebody take take something from me a guitar a cello a trumpet okay <laughs> a tr- sure a triangle oh a someone's gonna take that yeah <laughs> i would take the cowbell yeah me too Okay, Ethan, yeah. what is your favorite song off of the record? Ooh. If you had to pick one to start us off. If I had to pick one. I think my favorite one would be um, <laughs> Living in L.A. No, my favorite would be Dying in L.A. Dying in L.A. That's a sad one to start off with. No, but, but... see, that's the thing. It's like, no, you're right. It is salad. It... It's salad. <laughs> it is salad. That's the, that's the truth of the matter. It is salad. Um, no, it's, it is sad. You are correct. But it's so sad, yet so beautiful. That's my words, people, not anyone else's. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I think this is like one of my favorites because I I love when a song... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for Dying in LA, I really love songs that are able to tell a story. Yeah. (laughs) You're giving me that look. You're like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> just keep going. I'm sorry. Okay, so songs are able to tell a story. Yeah, I'm just going to keep repeating just that keep until going. I get to it. You like songs that are able to tell a story? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, I do. Okay. Um, and I feel like this one was really good because, like, what I got from it was L.A., Place of Dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to get into acting, film is yeah, there. Yeah, City of Angels. Yeah, same with City of Angels. Los Angeles. Oh, I think the whole idea that uh, that he's trying to communicate, where it's like dying in L.A., it, you could either take it as like a literal sense, where it's like he's just dying in L.A., or it's almost like this sad idea of you kind of desperately fighting to attain a dream that you've had for so long, but you're never getting there. And the idea that you'll never get there, I feel like that's what I always got from it, and that's why it's like a sad but yet beautiful song because it's something that resents with a lot of us and it like resents with uh like resonates resonates yeah wow i'm not good with my words today <laughs> am okay. i i was wondering i'm like damn it Kara, why are you smiling at me sorry it resonates you're right it resonates it with resonates a lot of with artists like yourself yeah, because it, i think it is a fear for a lot of us and it's something that we always think about and so for it to be like put into this beautiful melody i think that's why 
It always gives me goosebumps. It's always a great song for me. Oh, I 100% agree. This is probably, I I mean, like, it was a, it was kind of a toss-up. Um, this was definitely one of the ones I considered talking about first from my end as well, even oh, though yeah. it is, like, a salad. It is a salad song. <laughs> it's a sad song. I really love this one, too, because of the experience we had seeing it oh, yeah. live. Oh, and so seeing gosh. him, for anybody who was maybe at the Panic at the Disco um, Pray for the Wicked tour last year, in the last couple of years, sorry, when Brendan plays this song, he goes to a piano that's on the other end of the stadium, and it's it get lit, gets lifted up, and everybody puts their like lighters or cell phones up whatever so it's kind of like he's like floating through on this flying piano singing this beautiful song over top of the crowd like it was just an amazing experience and um, that's always stuck with me for sure i think it's cool because i mean the song is called dying in la Mm. it's so blatantly about los angeles like he says like stars are on the ground and he talks about like nights at the chateau like all of that is very like clearly la like it's not like what's the hidden meaning like he's (laughs) talking about la where are we a song like that could get super like kitschy like oh yeah was maybe a bad comparison but something like you know katy perry california girls like Mm. it it blatantly like are they california girls (laughs) or are they north dakota girls You could so easily get like really, really cheesy with a song like this. And I think he kept it very genuine. And I think a constant theme across the entire record has been Brendan wanting to make it. Like this was the record I feel like where they finally reached this level of fame that he has always aspired to. So in this song, in, you know, like, hey, look, my made it and fuck a silver lining. Like he's always kind of talking about why are you smiling? (laughs) It was the way you said uh, fuck a silver lining. You're like, fuck a silver lining. (laughs) I'm sorry. But basically, he, he, he talks the entire time about, like, him wanting to be yeah. a star and, like, how he wasn't going to give up. And, yeah, you're going to go through, like you said, you're going to go through this kind of slump in L.A. Oh, yeah. and you're going to also encounter people who are going to tell you that you're not good enough. And yep. there's a line in the song where he says, like, they tell you, put your blood on ice. You're not going to make it or you're not going to make To a more simpler point, it showcases his incredible range as a vocalist. Oh, like For the most part, the majority, it is just him and the piano. And I feel like that's a huge contrast to the rest of the album because the rest of the album has, like, trumpets, guitars pianos and everything like it's a whole bunch of stuff triangles cowbells you name it you know operatic yeah so for him to end it off with just him and a piano i feel like that's just him stripping away everything and he's like it's a very vulnerable song for that reason because he's taking away everything we just listened to and just said okay i'm saying something real now agreed i think if anybody has some reservations about panic at the disco or if they're thinking about listening to panic the disco this is kind of a cool way to start it off because i think it'll change your perspective new perspective panic at the disco about to say that killed it (laughs) okay so the first one i want to talk about is say amen saturday night which i feel like is kind of a gimme to be honest with you because it was one of their singles i believe it was the first single yes i believe it was the first single and so as soon as this song started playing so also sidebar um ethan and i because this was our emergency podcast Mm. we just listened to this album a couple hours ago together actually we kind (laughs) of but we kind of sat down we played it out loud and we both made our notes separately as soon as i heard kind of like that little vocal sample at the beginning it's like very chopped and like kind of strange i was just like oh like this is such a jam like i love this song and i like how it kind of starts out chill like the verses are relatively quiet it's just kind of like brendan singing whatever and then it explodes to like that pray for the wicked on the weekend and it goes like really loud and really really crazy it's a great build oh it's a fantastic build build. and there's so many like that's the i like songs with levels Mm -hmm. so this song has so many like so many levels and i love i love a good level it's it's really good how they like have a verse and then a chorus and then a verse and then then another another verse and another chorus yeah groundbreaking and i love the music video for this song too i remember seeing it for the first time i think jimmy fallon had them on and um they played the song and i was kind of behind so i didn't even i don't think i'd heard the song or whatever and jimmy fallon was saying oh my god like go watch the video 
like it's hilarious it is hilarious but it's also pretty dark um it's kind of like a tarantino bloodbath yeah. type situation and brendan Urey's like killing all these like robbers i think people who previously labeled brendan as like a one-note performer or just like this emo guy with like tight leather pants would think very differently about the band after hearing this song yeah because i just think the song is that good like this is like a a rock jam what about you do you like this song i honestly i kind of put this in a neutral place okay okay like, tell me why uh, uh let me put it this way I don't know how to put it. <laughs> is it salad? <laughs> it is salad. No, like, I definitely enjoy the song. It's very upbeat. Like, very... I would def... If this song came on at a party, I'd be like, oh, boy. Clear the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> Make way. I'm here now. Um, but I don't know. I just... This isn't one where I could... I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to this over and over again. I don't know. It's just... It's not always something I can explain why, why it's neutral. It's just like, you know... You just skip it from time to time? From time to time, yeah. It's always weird when I'm in like a neutral place when I'm thinking about something. Because I feel like when it, if something's bad, you're like, oh, here's why it's bad. But if it's good, you're like, here's why it's good. When it's neutral, you're just like, I don't know. It just, you know, it was there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it, was, it was okay, I guess. You know? Yeah, but hey, that's fine. You're yeah. allowed to have an opinion. I respect your opinion. And speaking of respecting your opinion, what's another song that you want to talk about? Another one. Another one that you love. Uh, one that I love. One that I couldn't live without. Hey, look, Ma, I made it. Oh, well, yes. you already just talked about that, didn't you? No, we talked about Saturday night. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I just embarrassed myself. Go home, you're drunk. No, uh, hey, look, Ma, I made it. Love uh, that one. Say, yeah, it's the same reason, I think, for Dying in L.A. with, with the story element to it. I think it was really him transit, like almost showing that like he's fought for this dream and now he's finally got it. Yeah. But I feel like these songs have almost tried to communicate how it's like, yes, he made it, but there's been some unwanted side effects to it. Because I feel like Hey, Look, Ma, I made it is almost... Uh, take on the harsh reality of the industry because i mean you you listen to the lyrics where he's like um i'm set like my pimps are record labels yeah like um because i'm a hooker selling songs yeah. and my pimps are record label yeah. and so it's like you hear and like it, it's to a very like upbeat and victorious tune but yet the lyrics almost seem like he's defeated because it's it at like, that point it you're like just selling, selling it. Out. you're selling yeah yeah so the industry is crazy sometimes it oh, it's very, insane. Yeah. And I mean, for our listeners, too. So Ethan is actually studying um, right now at Ryerson for what is your what is the what is this title of your program? Well, Acting I, I built fridges. No, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I study oh, fans, fans, <laughs> I study theater acting, acting uh, on the stage in a very competitive program, I might add. Yeah, um, So you kind of are more privy to the industry than more people are. And I mean, like you're still in school. But yeah, like, like I haven't been in the industry, so. When I say these things, take it with a grain of salt because I frankly don't have any idea what I'm talking about just yet. I feel like there's always um, in the industry, there's always a, there's always a, a balance that needs to be had between it being a business and it being a place for art. And I feel like time to time it shifts more into being a business. And I, I feel like that this was like a good way of him almost trying to reflect on that and how money can sometimes overtake creative ideas agreed i think that's very well said i honestly don't have too much to add to it i think it's actually i mean again despite the kind of more melancholy undertones of the song given what you just said about it which i totally agree with mm -hmm. i do think it's like such a bop oh 100 like a feel-good jam just like the hey look ma i made it i'm just alone in my room in front of my window just like hey, look, yeah ma. it's Everyone's so good like, it's it's such a fun song to sing along to um yeah. the pre-chorus of this song is probably my favorite where he's like are you ready for the sequel Ain't ready for the latest, and like he's got this great like vibrato. You're just I like, have, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. 
I have to sing every single part of this album because like it's just it's you just so to. good. Um I'm noticing Ethan that our drinks are a little bit on the low side. So what do you say we get a refill and let's, we come right back? Let's let's do it. Let's screw drive. Let's do one shot of orange juice and top <laughs> it off with vodka. Let's get crazy now. Oh boy, we're not doing that. Okay, we have full glasses of screwdrivers, and we're ready to keep talking about these songs that we really love. Oh, yeah. So, Ethan, the next one that I want to talk about, I think it's going to be Dancing's Not a Crime. All right. I love this song. So this was not a single. So mm. if you're not a big Panic at the Disco person, you might not know this song, but I would highly recommend you checking it out. I sing this song incredibly aggressively in my car. I think it's so catchy. I think it's so fun to sing along to. It's got all these different crazy high notes that you can like attempt your darndest to try and hit. And he can sing it live so, so well. I have, I took a video of him performing this when we saw him at the ACC and like he just blew this song completely out of the water for me. He was dancing the whole time. It was fantastic. And to me, I mean, that's kind of the essence of this song. I think it's a song about having fun and about being the person who's like always dancing in the room and like yeah you know what like hey dancing is not a crime like unless you do it without me that's its whole thing like that's the, that's the base of the chorus though right like he's like he just wants to dance he just wants to go out and have fun and it's very you're smiling at me like <laughs> no because i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say dancing's not a crime unless unless you're kevin bacon and it's footloose <laughs> oh my god then you're then fucked. Then she's the crime. And singing the verses, I think, are probably my favorite. Like the beginning part where he's like, I'm like MJ up yeah. in the clouds. No, it sounds awkward. But filthy is charged. Filthy is charged. Like, again, like it's got this kind of groove to it. And there's like, it comes on and there's that part. Like, again, there's like this like vocal sample in the beginning. And as soon as I hear it when I'm in the car, I'm like in my room or like cleaning, doing whatever. I'm like, yeah, like dancing's not a crime. Like, I just get really into it. And I think one of the bigger kind of news stories about Panic at the Disco this year is that Brandon Urey came out as pansexual which is him basically saying like he's attracted to all matters of people not necessarily by gender um and so at the end where he says like i just want to be your girlfriend boyfriend oh yeah like it gave me that like girls girls boys Mm -hmm. vibe off of too rare to live too rare to die like he's just again he's just being very open he's always been very supportive of the lgbtq community um and so i think it's great that he can do that with his music but also um in his actions and in his personal life so i love this song it's definitely one of my favorites off the album Maybe it's a bit too harsh to say it wasn't one of my favorites. I don't know. I guess thinking about it now, it just seemed out of place for me. Like oh, interesting. Okay, because like I or not like the whole song. I feel like I, I love the beginning where like you like you said where he's like you can do it or you can go anywhere. Any is that what it goes? Yeah, can't take me anywhere. 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 Yeah, yeah. So I love. Still undefined. I'm still undefined. I'm going insane and I don't care. Yeah. So I I feel like <laughs> that was my vibrato. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for some reason I feel like when I was listening to that I was almost like oh this is going in a specific direction and then it came out and then it was like dancing and I was like oh that's not oh, where like I thought you think it would the chorus go. Is weird. I guess it was, I think it's the chorus. I just wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this to be dancing. But I guess, like, the way you... Is it the, is it the lyrics, though, or is it the, the 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 melody of the chorus that you... No, I think it's the lyrics. Interesting, okay. Or a little bit of both. It, it makes sense now that you've talked about it, but I feel like before I was thinking, like, it, it's kind of like it has this almost inspirational kind of thing to it where it's like you can do anything go for it chase it and then it just goes into But he's not saying you can do anything he's saying you I know, can't that's take what me I... anywhere that's what he's saying he's not oh, saying you can do no. anything he's saying can't I... take me anywhere anywhere so I have an IQ listening. of 48 <laughs> Um, think I think that's totally fair. I'm just like you know, like the phrase like dance like no one's watching. I think mm. that's like the embodiment of that vibe. This song is the embodiment of dance like no one's watching. Oh yeah. And it was so fun, I think, to see him perform this in his like leather pants and his jacket and he just looks so hot. God, those pants are tight. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. So good. Um okay, so Ethan, what's another one? If you didn't really love this on this song, what's mm. another one that you love? I'm gonna talk about Roaring Twenties. Ooh. Did you not like that one? 
tell me tell me oh. your take on it first. Tell me your take on it first. Okay, Blair. Um, no, with Roaring Twenties. Don't call me Blair. <laughs> with Roaring Twenties, the way I actually I didn't really know how to like describe it until we listened to it again today, and I realized it was like it was interesting because it almost it gives me like an alternate history vibe, where because it's an like alternate history like Inglorious Bastards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> along those well, lines. That's alternate history. No. Yeah, but like the way I'm imagining it is almost it's like the culture of the 20s is completely different. And I know the title, it says Roaring Twenties. And that's like a a reference to the 20s of, you know, like 1920. Yeah, Roaring Twenties, Dirty 30s. Right. But I think in the lyrics, he says like he's talking, he's almost referring to his own 20s. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree. Yeah. But when I I, I didn't actually make that. This is my Roaring That's what I mean. But I feel like even listening to it, I can't help but almost think of the 20s when I'm listening to it. Although it was still a liberal time, like, you know, with the flappers and uh the introduction of a lot of different like liberal ideas like acceptance of liberal ideas i feel like there was it was still very conservative and you couldn't do a lot but well, it, yeah because like prohibition and all yeah. that like the the whole speakeasy vibe mm-hmm. and all that that was yeah and yeah just even like politically with the things that were going on over there yeah i guess the political part's more important than <laughs> yeah. the alcohol wasn't wasn't too good over there this is an alcohol podcast okay we have to know, know. cold hard facts about alcohol i know the reason it almost struck me as alternate history was because when i listen to this it almost like gives me a cool image of the 20s if the whole idea of like uh like like the conservatives conservatism that was still in that time had just vanished and it was just like like you know, super liberal super super liberal and it's almost like i almost get like an idea of but it's better if you do like the same music video i said the same thing yeah yeah. because yeah. like that was set in the 20s but it was very raunchy even for that time period so i'm like almost yeah, imagining like girls were showing their bare shoulders and they were like <laughs> yeah it's like oh, oh my god <laughs> jesus cover that woman up harold <laughs> harold get that woman some straps yeah, uh, but yeah, no, that's just what I like. I just found it interesting. I just think it was cool for that to be accompanied. So, okay, so because this song has those kind of like jazzy speakeasy vibes, yes, it it does give me like it's called Roaring Twenties. I don't know if my mind would have necessarily went there had know, he not he, called it Roaring Twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because he called it Roaring Twenties, I was just like, oh yeah, Twenties, okay, like I see it, I see it. Apparently, the song is based on how crazy Brendan's life became, especially when he was on Broadway. So when he was doing his like his run um, in Kinky Boots, like things became like pretty insane. Like he was doing, you probably do like eight shows a week when you're mm-hmm. on Broadway, and yeah. it's very uh, like insane, and it's um, it's a lot for for a person. Like they say that that Broadway is one of the most like intense kind of performances it's that you'll demanding, ever do. Very 100%. demanding, perfect word. Thank you. This song is a little bit chaotic in that element like there's like kind of like some crazy horn sections that Mm -hmm. come in and uh, like I tend to skip this one it's one that I really don't like and I think that's mainly because I actually don't like the composition of it I find it very awkward I I can't really sing along to it that well yeah um and for me like because I love to sing out loud in any any chance that I get I can appreciate the idea behind it but it's never gonna be the top of my list yeah we're having a very democratic yeah take on this album both you and me united nations kind of thing maybe it's also because it's like midnight and we're both so tired and we're tipsy now so there's that yeah (laughs) we're just just like like uh what's the word complicit we're just like yeah that sounds about right yeah Uh, it's your opinion man that's just your opinion man that's it for roaring 20s right we're good see let's talk about high hopes yeah this is probably i may be you know bold in saying this but i think this is their most well-known song 
to date. Just yes, because, yes. No, I just agree. Just because I write sins, not tragedies, and like lying is the most fun. All of those are big hits to like me because like I'm an emo person, but to like mainstream like pop music and stuff, like this was more of a pop album. Yeah. Um, so High Hopes was like probably their biggest. And I think it was interesting too because like the, the sequence of the album is like Fuck a Silver Lining, Saturday Night, Hey Look My made it, and then high hopes right yep, yep, yep. so it's like four bangers like in a row and it comes in with the horns like the like like just such like a majestic kind of opening yeah. to a pop song i it actually reminds me a lot of you because again knowing that you're going into this kind of mm. um the, the entertainment industry um the industry <laughs> the industry the industry he says though he's like i uh, didn't know how but i always had a feeling i was going to be that one in a million and i really admire the people who have like like you i admire people like you where you're like you have a clear goal and you have a clear vision where you're like i know this is where i want to be i know this is the industry i want to be in and mm-hmm. it's going to be hard and i know that everybody says it's one in a million but you're still like determined and i think that's very brave like it's not like it's that kind of commitment is tough to come by but you're like nope like this is the path i'm gonna head on and like whatever like you're just happy to kind of be along for the for the ride but you still are keeping that goal in mind which i really really respect um thanks man and then it drops at one point in the song where it goes like all the kind of music fades out and it goes gotta have high high hopes it's like the very end and it's just like the choral element of it comes uh what about you do you like high hopes oh yes yes you definitely do i feel like uh, i was gonna mention this we already talked about this i feel like about how the sound has changed or how how panic at the disco sound has changed over the years yeah and i I think that this song is a great example of that because in this album there's like he introduced the use of like trumpets and all these different kind of percussion instruments and it just gives a whole new sound to it and at the beginning it almost doesn't sound like what you would think of a panic of the disco song no not at all and you're like you kind of listen to it and you're like well who is this and then brendan yuri comes in and you're like oh wow okay this is panic well, of the even, disco. even with somebody like brendan yuri because again like i mentioned fallout boy mm. i always felt like him and patrick stump from from fallout boy had the same voice like sometimes yeah. i would hear a follow boy song and i think it was panic and i hear a panic song and i think it was follow boy so i feel like now he's finally found like his like distinct like mm-hmm. no this is panic but yeah i would agree with you if you had told me you know back in 2004 2005 when i was listening to i write sins not tragedies and but it's better if you do and all that and you showed me this song i'd be like this isn't panic the disco yeah. like what are they doing but you're right they've evolved over the last you know 15 odd years which is amazing and they've and they've kept i think their fan base for the most part oh yeah no definitely definitely and uh no it's definitely it's one of my favorite like summer songs it, it's it's just it's such a great summer song because it just gets you in that kind of like mood where you're like yeah let's go out let's let's have a good time um and it's, it's just one of it's those uplifting songs where you could like you could see like a montage of your life yeah playing, just like, like looking around yeah like, and just oh like going gosh. out with your friends like it's just yeah i agree it's big tune that's a big huge tune, tune. i absolutely love that song i'll talk about one more actually oh do uh, tell. let's let's talk about fuck a silver lining or in your case fuck a silver lining <laughs> I think the reason I like this one is simply because of when we went to go and see him perform. I just have a vivid image of we were like waiting in anticipation. Thousands of other people are beside us. and We're like, where's Brendan? And we start to hear the kind of instruments kind of chiming in. We're like, oh my God, what's happening? Then all of a sudden he just pops out of the ground out of nowhere and he just goes straight into like, fuck a silver lining. It it was such a great way to kick it off because it's so high energy. So high energy. So fast. It's a 
very good song that just kind of raises your spirits up, I feel like. Yeah. And it really, again, um, ties back into the whole theme of not really giving up. And yeah. um, the whole the whole theory behind like finding a silver lining is like you're making a good a good thing out of a bad situation. And Brendan's basically being like, fuck a silver lining. I want I want the good situations. Like, I don't even need a silver lining. Mm. Like, I can turn anything into he talks about like only gold is hot enough. Like, that's only gold is hot enough, hot enough. Like, he's like, I don't need silver. I want gold. Like, he's like, just aim higher and, and do that. It's very inspirational for sure. Yeah. Although I love the live experience because, yes, just as vividly as you do, I remember that very clearly. <laughs> um, I don't I don't hate There's it. It's more neutral. About it's it. neutral for yeah. me because, again, I kind of have to be in the mood for it. Honestly, sometimes if I had like a rough day at work or I'm going into a day at work and I'm like kind of anxious or like whatever, I'll play fuck a silver lining because like regardless of the circumstances, like I'm going to be happy and like I'm going to do this and like fuck a silver lining. Ooh. Oh, my God. It scared <laughs> the shit out of me. Ethan's ice cube just exploded. <laughs> that was amazing. So I, I think it's I think it's inspirational, but it's just not going to be my all time jam. I think I'd rather listen to like High Hopes yeah. or um, Say Amen Saturday Night than this one. Yeah. How do you feel about us talking about some of the songs we don't love? That's the thing. I don't have any ones that I don't love. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I'm, yeah. All right. So, yes, I've already talked about how I don't love Roaring Twenties. The other one that I really don't like is one of the drunks. Wow. Well, it's not like you love it. You didn't even yes, care I do. to bring it up. I, the, I was well, you going, didn't bring it up in the beginning. Okay, here, here's the thing. Let me defend myself for just one second. I forgot to highlight it. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. So, okay, let's let's flip the script a little bit here. Okay. This is unorthodox, and I usually don't do this on my podcast, okay. even, but I'm going to let you talk about one of the I'm drugs. sorry I'm doing this to you. <sighs> Cue the transition. Tell me why you like one of the drugs. I feel like it tells a story, and it's a, 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 an interesting story. Is it a salad? Yeah, it's a salad. It's kind of salad. No, because that's what I wrote. It's like, to me, it's an upbeat song and it's high, it's medium high energy, but it deals with a heavy subject. Yes. And because it's, you know, alcoholism, I feel like is the you know main point of the whole song. Yeah. And I just, I think it's so interesting how it almost, it's almost like the mix of a, a party song because it's like a bunch of voices all singing together like, this is what it feels like when you become one, one of the drunks. Yeah. Um, and there's like a ton of voices and it's like, yeah, man, this is great. But then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, why am I partying to this? This is like almost a warning. You're like, yeah. I don't want to be one of the drunk. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being drunk, but it's like, you know, you don't want to be. Yeah, but maybe when it's all the time. That's what I mean and, and that's and, and that, that's the warning like you don't want to get to that point yeah no I, I think that's a good point we talked a lot about um in our episode on the 1975's album i like it when you sleep for you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it yes um a lot of their songs are to your point like very catchy very you want to dance and you want to have fun to them and they can be played at a party or whatever but if you actually sit down and listen to the lyrics they're very um sad and they're very mm-hmm. heartbreaking songs for sure and they also touch a lot on substance abuse in that record um and i did get that from listening to the song where he says like every weekend with your friends every week when it ends damn it's all good i guess um i got the substance abuse part of it i got the alcoholism alcoholism part of it i just felt like there were songs that do this kind of thing better i didn't believe it and maybe it was because to me the cadence of this album being like all about this like spirit of like hopefulness and all that and yes there, there were setbacks in brendan getting to where he was with panic at the disco now but it just it just didn't really fit for me and i really yeah. like albums that flow and this kind of interrupted the flow okay do you mind if we continue on with the negatives then i have one more i want to get through in the grand context of me thinking about this album i'm like what are the songs i really skip roaring 20s old-fashioned and one of the drunks whoa so i am gonna i am gonna talk about old-fashioned really quick oh my goodness kind of a weird opening to it like there's that like (laughs) instrument it's got that cool cool beat it's but but i think i said this even 
<laughs> even when we were listening to it, that kind of like it was like a trumpet noise, and it reminded me of um, "Talk Dirty to Me" by Jason Derulo, oh. and, where he's just like "Talk Dirty to Me," like it's that same kind of instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I was kind of like oh like a little bit thrown off by the beginning, and then yeah, there's like that like that like kind of like plunky melody that I don't really understand, and then yeah, you listen to the lyrics, and the the lyric that you cited was like we were borderline kids with a book of disorders, medicating every day to keep the straightness in order, and I was like oh yikes. <laughs> Yikes. This like, is a serious song. This is serious business. Holy moly. So I never realized the context <laughs> of it. And then when he's saying, like, pour out some liquor, make it into an old fashioned, he's talking about, you know, like uh, being 17 years old and, you know, 17 so long, 17 gone, whatever. Mm. And I'm like, do 17 year olds drink old fashions? Like, how many 17 year olds do you know who drink old fashions? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Do you actually know people at school who drink old fashions? I'm sure there were tons of people in my school, high school, who drank old fashions. Really? I feel Hell like yeah. it's like coolers and vodka Mm-mm. and beer and tequila. There were people in my school who like were like, "Oh, we're we're classy people." Or not classy, but it's like they 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 knew what they were doing. So they would actually be at parties drinking old fashions. I've never seen anyone drink an old fashioned. That's in what my I mean, time. though. It's it feels like it's very like ostentatious to to think that they're seventeen year olds. I mean, I don't know Brandon's experience, but it <laughs> seems a little bit ostentatious for him to be like, yeah, like we were drinking old fashions. I'm like, I were you? <laughs> were you really? Were you really? Like, weren't you just drinking, you know, like vodka and whatever you could find in the fridge? That's what I used to do. <laughs> Dude, they bought olive oil. Let's get lit. <laughs> oh my god. I do like okay, I will say the one redeeming factor of this is the bridge. There's yeah. a part in the bridge where he goes like boozy, boozy, boozy. And like that to me is actually kind of like the nice, like waltzy, kind of groovy part of the song that I can get down to a little bit. Again, it just it, it was a song that didn't stick. Yeah. Hey, agree to disagree, man. Yeah, man. Okay, so the way the podcast works is we touch on the songs we love, we touch on the songs that we don't love, and at the end of the day, we want to give this album a rating out of five drinks. So in our case, we have our lovely screwdrivers. We want to give Pray for the Wicked by Panic at the Disco a rating out of five screwdrivers. So Ethan, would you be able to close off this episode and let me know some of your final thoughts on this record and what you would give it out of five? Uh, it's it's one of my favorite like records, one of my favorite albums. Like I listen to music a lot, but... I don't. I tend to like bounce between artists. Like I never really listen to. I'll, I'll usually like listen to one or two or maybe three songs from one artist and have a bunch of other ones. I feel like Panic at the Disco is the one band where I'll like have all of their songs and I'll be able to listen to them back to back from one album. So I really enjoyed this one. I feel like there was so much to get from each song that like that was on it. It was just amazing how they were all able to be, like they were able to be so effective in the same regard, but yet they were each just like they were so unique when compared to one another. So. If I had to give this a rating, how many decimal points can I get down to? Whatever you want. I'm going to give this 4.5763. No. You know what? I'm going to give this 4.5 drinks out of 5. 4.5 It's one of my faves. So, yeah, 4.5 drinks. Interesting. Okay. So. (laughs) One drink out of 5. No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh, no. It's funny because. When you and I were first talking about, we wanted to do a Panic at the Disco record. And this one happened to come up to, I think, just in light of recent events. First of all, it was very relevant. And because you and I had the experience of going to see them live on this tour, and because we both, like, the singles especially, you and I were both super fond of, oh, yeah. it seemed like the perfect choice for you and I to do. And I th- I do believe that it, it was a great, like, I really love talking about it with you today. It was funny, though, because as we were sitting here listening to it, I just didn't love it as much as I remembered like maybe yeah. it's been a, it's been a bit since i listened to it all the way through yeah, yeah, yeah. um and the the ones i mentioned that i loved off the top like that was like you know five six songs which is essentially half the record um and i do love half the record but then there's half of it where i'm kind of just like eh, like yeah you know what? yeah yeah so I, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Right. I think there are songs I really, really love that I that are some of my favorite Panic! at the Disco songs ever. But 
as a whole, it can't like offset the neutrals that that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are other Panic at the Disco records that I think I love more in totality but then like the songs individually i like less like it's weird like again the singles i love and i'll listen to them all the time but i'm not gonna listen to the record all the way through so that's why i felt like i'm gonna give it a three and a half okay that makes sense Ethan, yeah, that's it this was like wow the most efficient podcast i think we've done in a while wowza i mean talked about salad we talked about talked about the salad. 20s we talked about the 20s we talked about brendan yuri and yeah all of that well thank you so much for uh, ethan for joining us let's finish our screwdrivers and uh I don't know where we're going to go from here. Amen to a Saturday night. Except it's Thursday. Well, they didn't need to know that. (laughs) Why did you? Okay. Well, thank you for having me, Kiara. You're welcome.